Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 379 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode are the following. <clears throat> we will start with uh, Station Commander Alan Stroud. Hi. <laughs> we have the second technician, Chris Forrester. Hey! We, the signal squeaks. <laughs> that's your job to fix it. We have our director of pest control, Dr. Toxic. Hello, welcome to Lave Radio Chiropractic Clinic. Can I take your order? <laughs> we have our chief of operations, Commander John Stabler. Good evening. We have our chief bar steward, Grant Psycho Carl Wilcott. All right, keep your feet off the bar. <laughs> and joining me, as always, we have our head of health and safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, otherwise known as Ed Levice. It is way too hot and sweaty over there, so I've run away from Leif for the time being. Uh, <laughs> and, and Alex seems to have joined me. Yeah. We have our staff liaison officer, Commander Psychit. What is going on? And finally, and last but not least, Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Now, you may have noticed that this bar seems to be quite packed tonight. And the reason for this is because it's Lave Radio's ninth birthday. <laughs> the game's only been out for seven and a bit years, but it's still uh, Lave Radio's... <laughs> So, um, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game, in-open. Ben is about to do something uh, unique. What are you going to be doing tonight, Ben? I'm going to be doing the oh, the Pareco 8 thing-me-bobber that everyone else has been doing the past two months. 
and I ran out of time on Sunday. So I was like, sod it, I'll do it live on air. Cool. Right, so that's what you're doing. However, what we've tried to do is get as many people as we can in the bar at Lave Station. And I must admit, it does look quite packed. So if you can actually um, uh, join us, I seem to have turned into a pair of floating glasses on, on someone's stream at the moment, but um, you can just... You can join us at laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat. You can go to Twitch TV slash Lave Radio, or you can go to YouTube, look up Lave Radio, and Facebook, because we're streaming to all three. So, um, we're not going to do introductions, because basically we'll be here forever. <laughs> so, I think we'll quickly just go straight on to the development news. Now... What have the development developers been saying about Elite Dangerous this week? Has anyone got a tumbleweed sound? What about some crickets? Yeah, something like that. Because nothing. Absolutely sod all. Uh, so basically, that's about three weeks in a row now that we really haven't had anything. Uh, anybody want to put forward an idea why? Oh, we're just they're, they're working hard talking internally on what they can. They're working hard on um, sorting out their communications internally before releasing more information that we know what to do with. I I personally think they're all busy playing um, oh forty k. If they've got a, a cross between XCOM and forty k, I think that is quite a, a diversion, isn't it? Mm. Although, seriously, they might be arranging Friday's Frontier Meet. There is that, yeah. But this Friday, for special effects, there is a um, uh, a meetup for various people of the community who have uh, put forward uh, donations. Uh, and I think, have we got a full crew growing? Because I know I'm on my way. And... I, can't, I can't go. I have real life. Ah. Psychic? Yeah, I'm going. Excellent. Providing providing that I don't have like a disaster reading or anything like that, I'm gonna do obviously gonna do a test and double check, but at the moment, yeah, we're going. Excellent. And of course you're, you're heading there. Uh, that's right. You'll you'll have the pleasure of my company before I head off and interrogate fiercely the developers. Ah. Um Psychit. Uh, sorry, not Psychit, Psychocal. What would you like to say? Just wondering if the devs are going to code some bathrooms because I've just been in the bar for like for an hour waiting for the show and I'm busting, <laughs> but I just went and pissed in the lift like every good commander. <laughs> yes, the lack of toilet facilities at Leaf Station Bar is a bit of a concern. Is that the Glaswegian facilities? The lift. Well, there's no there's no plant pots. <laughs> That's a real thing that actually happened. I'm not going to go into that any further. But just move on. Move, move on. <laughs> It's a good job there's not CCTV in the list then, isn't there? That you know of. Anyway, I thought the flight suits kind of reprocessed the waste, just like still suits do. Yeah, wrong no? franchise. <laughs> you just go in the suit like the astronauts, right? <laughs> well, it's what we've been doing. So if the liquid is reprocessed and you have to drink it. So <laughs> if the liquid is turned into water, are the solids oh. turned into food? Yes. <laughs> 
I just I don't, don't understand. Hold on, this is going to be one hell of an awkward conversation of Frontier and the next Lave Connor asked about sewage processing, and you all find out that you're walking around with your flight suits half full of raw sewage, just filling your legs up and sticking your feet in your boots. <laughs> all, of a, all of a sudden, I've got an image of Billy Conley tying on the incontinence pants right now. <laughs> I'm just worried about where the Leave Radio chocolate birthday cakes come from. <laughs> oh, man. Or even the Christmas logs. Uh, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Leave Radio, always classy. <laughs> um, so, yes, we've had a couple of... To, to be fair, there's been a couple of posts uh, done by Bruce and uh, by Paul, mostly covering just little bug fixes or stuff that has to be sorted. And uh, yes, that's been about it. No streams, no communication. The last big communication was from off two weeks ago, which we discussed last week. And um, believe it or not, that thread is still going. Uh, ben has started his lap. He has, I think he's got 13 to beat. So, um, we shall move on from the development news uh, and just cover the in-game events which have been happening this week. Well, on the 16th of February, uh, the Emperor Arissa retook the Imperial throne uh, after being on ice for the last year. Uh, so, a lot of... Uh, a uh, lot of fireworks will be happening in the Empire, uh, which happened the next day because the Empire declared war on Darkwater Inc., um, which has basically wiped them out, all of them. So that was a community goal, which has now completed. Uh, and I do believe a lot, there, there was a lot of um, dead, uh, dead Blackwater employees. What's the um, only way to support Blackwater? No. Not to do the CG. Oh no! There was there was nothing to do to to support Blackwater. It it was very much an Emperor Palpatine order. Of course, there was. You had to shoot Shan. Well, no one managed it. So no, I was just wondering if because it would have been an ideal way of trying to sow chaos and stuff around by supporting Blackwater. And uh... it's because you wanted to. Of course, Shan sowing chaos that never happens. No, no, I thought he was a law and order type. That chaotic neutral streak in him. I mean, yeah. Um, right. What else has been happening? Oh, yes. On the 17th of February, the Colonia Bridge project has uh, started again. Um, it has also completed. So there's been a. We're, we're kind of CG less at the moment. So, uh, yes. What, even now, the Colonia one's finished? Oh, no. The Colonia one's still going, but the, okay. the local one's finished. So, yeah. These things go very, very quickly. Because <laughs> uh, they were already... Compl well, that was one of the things that Bruce was talking about. They were complaining about the lack of rewards, which is always a sh... Wait, wasn't there warm white lights? Cosmetic rewards for free without paying for your arcs? Something like that. So what were these warm white lights? Do we know what they look like? Other than being yeah, warm they're in-game. They're, they're, they're the white white lights that you can get, or like your, your your lights that go over the top of the dashboard and stuff. Right, so they're not anything different than what we have already. They're just white, free white lights. Yeah, it's not like the fireworks. That was new. 
These are just a, a cosmetic item that already exists. Well, a slight alteration to them, aren't they? They're not exactly no. the same. No, oh, it, it, it's called warm lights, warm white lights in oh. um, the, the livery. Oh, right. Well, I, I take it back then. But still, if you haven't got warm lights, you get warm lights. <laughs> what would be the IKEA name for them, I wonder? Dustenvold! I don't know. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> Dustenvold. Dust wow. Brayton Svenen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, on the 18th of February, um, the Thargoid invasion was mentioned again in the news. Um, as the Empire, uh, the Federal Navy and the Alliance all still haven't got their act together to stop the uh, stop the Thargoids, um, it's just independent pilots who are pushing or trying to save the attack systems. So fair play to the Anti-Xeno Initiative for, for being that thin blue line. Um, and on the 21st of February, um, further revelations were revealed that it turned out that um, Adrian Augustus Duval was actually found innocent of all the manipulation and uh, traitorous uh, acts that he was doing. This is because the laws of restoration, who are all connected with the Dark Water Inc. and the, the stealing of the Emperor, um, they successfully framed him. So Act has now found him innocent. So he doesn't need to be in protective custody anymore. And finally, uh, Hudson's con uh, contravention uh, has now put, sparked federal protests. This is um, President Hudson is trying to get an extra term in his. Uh, uh, well, he, he's trying to run for an extra term uh, this this year, so that um, basically he will break the constitution. And of course, that is causing an awful lot of problems with people who like the federation as it is. Um, so. Other things to mention, Operation Ida, they're currently targeting Gunport in Dan, and that means that uh, they've just um, completed a, a station recently, so um, there's a full station for people to repair. And the Anti-Xeno Initiative's three priority systems this week are HIP 62154, Lembas, and Colsac Sector VU-O, B6-6. I think that one has been the the third target for people to clear for the last four weeks. So I don't think people are giving that any any priority. So, yes. Right. Well, that was quick. <laughs> Everybody felt they're all caught up? <laughs> yeah, I actually, think after so long from being away, I feel like I'm caught up with everything. The only thing we're missing um, was four experts all talking about the same thing 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. Um, well, I guess we'll move on to that time of the week. Score alert!
we actually have nothing special to report. But as it's the ninth birthday, we thought we'd use the really special one by JN Tracks and his wife. <laughs> Um, there does seem to be uh, the, the store does seem to be highlighting the Vulture Salvage skins I'm not quite so sure if they've done those ones before and there's also an in cockpit cactus thumbs up <laughs> I, tell, I hardly use the, the Vulture so I'm not quite so sure whether or not it, uh, it appeals to me what an in cockpit cactus is there an is there not a less dangerous plant to have in a moving vehicle than a cactus? Well, you mean you, well, you see, sometimes you notice that when you're in a combat zone and you shoot a ship a lot, it will actually seem to go dead and just fly in a straight line. I think that is when the, the cactus gets dislodged and it goes straight into the pilot's head. What about you, Jan? What? Well, I was thinking that actually a cactus is an ideal plant for a zero-G environment simply because you could coat the walls with like the prickly, the non-prickly side of Velcro so when it gets loose and floats around, it then sticks to the wall of the ship. So it's like a Velcro attachment. If you had a normal plant, it would bounce off the walls and spill the earth everywhere and make a mess. But a cactus makes sense because it would just stick to somewhere and not go anywhere. Useful tip. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess... I mean, is anybody actually still interested in the ship skins? Or do yeah. you think... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think if... Um, if they brought out something entirely, entirely new, like, you know how I feel, you know how I feel about stars. It's no secret. But um, when they brought out that that Cobra Mark Three skin with the um, with the star on it, and I think there's a couple of other ones, and that was a new design, and it didn't yeah. feel like just rehashing something else but putting it onto a different ship. That kind of that kind of stuff I still like, and I would be very tempted by it mm -hmm. if it was very nice. And it, if it either came in pink or it had stars all over it, I'm, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. What about you, Shan? I think they should bring out. Cobra Mark Four skins. It's it's a lot of work for like a very small amount of the player base who still play. Yes, yeah. but think of the fun it would bring. I mean, I'm down for it. I don't give a shit. You can have your um, Cobra Mark Four skin if you want it, but um, it just feels like it ben might be Hush. a waste of art. Ben, hush. Oh, no, just don't go there because that happened last time. Um, <laughs> Psycho Cow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Fosset, that's about right. I mean, I've, I've I've obviously been doing a lot of um, racing stuff, but uh, and then those there's third party apps that allow you to overlay your own skins and stuff, and it allows people to get that um, inappropriate content out without actually causing any legal issues for the game. Um, but why don't we? I mean, because there's a lot of in-game organisations and products now. You've got your nice big billboard in the bar here. Um, where are the kind of uh, sponsored sort of skins that you could get for Lavian Brandy, where your ship can have you know a Lavian Brandy advert stamped on it, and I don't know maybe discounts uh, in the Lave Station if you happen to dock using those skins? That would be a fantastic idea. I'd love it. I, would, I think a, a Lave a, a Lave Brandy uh, skin would probably be very very good on ships. 
So what you could do then, you know, thinking about that, you could actually get paid credits to fly around in a branded shin skin. <laughs> Advertising Levy and Brandy, you are a flying advert. Exactly. Right. <laughs> well, that, that's that's a good start, I guess. Um, cool. We have cracked through this very, very quickly. Well, mostly because not really much extra to talk well, we about. We didn't have the we didn't have the what are you doing next week section, and I don't even think we had a bathroom update, have we yet? Actually, I mean that is a good point. Easy. What? No, they're a dangerous thing. You know, you know, sometimes you get what you ask for. Sometimes you get told to get on your bike. <laughs> and and uh, am I riding anywhere at the moment then, Cal? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be walking. Um, <laughs> no, but we can, we'll maybe come to that later on. Certainly. Well, if that's the case, then I think we will have to take, believe it or not, an ad break. And we will come back and say hello to this massive crowd of people we've got on the bar. We buy any ship. Bar none. We buy any ship. Bar none. Any model, any colour, any shape, any size. We buy any ship. Bar none. We here at We Buy Any Ship Bar None are ready to take your excess space travel vehicles off your hands. No more negotiating with dodgy space station vendors. We'll simply give you an estimated quote online. Then, when you get here, we'll point out all the little dints and scratches that make the price get smaller and smaller before we actually give you any money. And the beauty is, we take any ship. We buy any ship. Bar none. Terms and conditions apply. We buy any ship excludes trading in any of the following vehicles. Ada, Anaconda, Asp, Bauer, Cobra, Constrictor, Cruisers, Eagle, Falcon, Gecko, Griffin, Gear, Harris, Harrier, Hawk, Kestrel, Crate, Lanners, Lifters, Lions, Mantis, Merlin, Mori, Osprey, Panther, Puma, Python, Saker, Sidewinder, Skeet, Spar, Stowmaster, Tearsel, Tiger, Transporter, Turner, Viper, Wyvern, or any Imperial or Thargoid vessels. The Second Technician Incidents, written and produced by Alan Stroud and Chris Fozzer Forrester for LaveRadio.com. Foz, Sam, isn't that your pager? Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. Attention, attention. Second Technician Chris Forrester to the station gantry. The vending machine has broken. Repeat, Second Technician Forrester to the gantry. Attention, attention. Medical officer to the gantry. Medical officer to the gantry. Have you been missold PPI? Python Protection Insurance was missold if you didn't want it, ask for it, or need it. I was missold Python Protection Insurance and I got a claim worth 3,000 credits. At Cowell and McGrath, we are ready to pursue claims for pilots who were sold PPI, even though they didn't have an escape pod. When my partnership was destroyed, the insurance became invalid. I settled out of court for enough credits to restart my narcotics and weapons shipping business. Millions have been missold Python protection insurance they can never claim, simply because they don't have an escape pod. Why should you pay for not reading the small print? My husband was missold PPI. As a result of our claim, we now own Jupiter. Carol and McGrath, turning your carelessness into profitable lawsuits.
I could murder a cup of tea. Yorkshire gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. And welcome back. Well, let's see. Happy birthday to us, nine years. Uh, when Lave Radio Episode 1 came out on the 22nd of February 2013, well, yes, it was happy, but well, today is actually Happy Tuesday. Who put that in the notes? I did. So the 22nd of the 2nd, 2022. First time in 900 years. Yes, today apparently is palindromic and an ambiogram which uh, a palindrome is when a number or word reads the same backwards uh, as it does forwards. An ambiogram, apparently, is when a word or number reads the same upside down. Wow. Yes, we've just been shansplained. <laughs> and, and, of course, that's far more important than the fact that we've been running a live radio podcast for nine years. For nine well, years. Well, uh, this is 900 years, so, in effect, it's, nine, it's 100 times rarer. Yeah. Yeah, so massively more important, clearly. <laughs> well, what Estonia became the first country to establish a national system of fast chargers for electric cars nine years ago today. Um, Raul Castro was elected for a second term of, as president of Cuba. Um, Kepler 37b, the smallest known exoplanet was discovered and Argo won three Oscars in the Adam Academy Awards including one for Best Picture Jennifer Lawrence won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress uh, and Daniel Day-Lewis won Best Actor for President Lincoln so yeah that's I don't remember any of those events because it's that long ago I know I'm slow on the uptake here but has anybody else been spending the last 60 seconds writing the date out and then turning around upside down because that does not look like it's the same <laughs> upside down to me as maybe it's just my handwriting but 22.22.22 upside down just looks like zz or zzzzz or 77.77 so i bet you're the, i bet you're the sort of person you never saw boobless on a calculator when you typed your name well you wouldn't see boobless you'd see boobies <laughs> boobless <laughs> Sean has got that wrong all his life, and he's only just worked that out. That's great. And that, and that comes from the math genius known as Alan Stroud. Oh well, oh. Maths, maths was never maths was never the issue. It was physics. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, uh, it's so good having you guys on. It really is. Um, so as we've got everybody here, uh, we'd like to, uh, to, a couple of things for everybody to reminisce about while we while we talk about this. Um, starting with the first question, we'll we'll start with um, uh, actually we'll we'll start with Psycho Cow, if that's okay with you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I'd like to know. What your favourite community experience has been in the entire nine years that we've been doing this? 
Ooh, well, there's loads, and that's great. I get to go first, so I, well, I wasn't. I'd even put it in as a little my little notes. I put it in as a sort of like everyone else who speaks before me will say that. So therefore, I'll just put it in as a word and go, yeah, Lavecon, right, and then move on. <laughs> so I didn't put any other notes in there about that. So I'll leave it for other people to bring that up, so that I won't spoil it for them. Um, some, of the, some of the things that were uh, absolutely spectacular. The uh, 24-hour charity streams that Frontier used to do at Christmas, I think those were some of the most amazing uh, and exciting times to be involved in the community events that were going on around the game. Mm-hmm. The charity events, like the Truckers Up Tidy, that was a, a spectacular day. And again, the way that the whole community would come together and do different things on the sides of these stuff, so that it was it created a, an event around the game of just people being involved and connected and and supporting each other which is spectacularly good and uh, and then of course uh the, there's the sort of the creative madness that that then breeds i mean uh, there's a sort of point here i know there's a a certain commander out there that has been sending me uh chessboards for the last couple of days solid every day i've received a new chessboard and this is all because in uh, Generation Zero, I will blow up every chessboard I come across. Uh, and it, it's that kind of creative madness. Is it creative madness or is it creative bullying? I think it's bullying. Creative harassment. Yeah, it's creative harassment. That's what it is. I think it's creative harassment. The way that we'll find somebody's weakness and then exploit it to the maximum just to cause maximum entertainment for everybody else. Yeah, that's what it is. It's harassment. That's uh, t- Taryn, you're harassing me. Although I did uh, retaliate, so uh, um, I'm sure it'll uh, it'll balance out. And uh, I believe that uh, Russia is sending some peacekeepers to come and sort out the issue in due course. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's that creative madness and the support and the kind of harassment that goes on that would bring us to the uh, continual demands even now for bathroom updates. Oh, do you? Is it time for your bathroom update? I think if if, if Ventura is ready, I think it is time for the bathroom update. But if he's not ready, then you know we can wait for a few seconds.
So what hotel was that in? I love that. How very dare you? Maya on the chat room and says, that's not your lavvy. That's photos you took in B&Q. Hashtag fake lavvy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> some nice ones in there, yeah. Might, one day it might look like some of them. It might. If Russia was to produce a laboratory, it would look like that. I was going to say, there is absolutely no bloody way that is anywhere in your house, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice in the hotel up the road from him. <laughs> That's where I'm going to be staying if I don't get this bloody bathroom done soon. Uh, so no, there you go, ladies I, and gentlemen. I was expecting to be trolled. I, I expected <laughs> there to be a shot of a reflection in the mirror of somebody sat, you know, kind of <laughs> trying really hard to think about something. And it didn't happen. So I'm actually let down. Oh, I, I, I never occurred to me to I'm use surprised. a reflection. Yeah. <laughs> you were looking for someone straining. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Or a fancy that had been left behind. Oh, really? Yes, cow, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Oh, uh, right. Fair enough. Right, moving on from cow. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we will um, annoy our good friend John Stabler. How have you been, John? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've been really good. So the question we're asking this question to everybody at the moment. So, what were what has been your favourite community experience while Live Radio has been running? Well, you see, I, uh, thanks to Cow for not taking Live Card. Um, <laughs> But I'm actually going to be more specific than that, and I'm going to be really selfish with it as well, um, in that it's something that happened at LaveCon. Um, Go so on. I'll this leave good. LaveCon as a thing for other people to use as well. Um, but obviously, I've missed LaveCon. Something's been missing from my life. You know, there's been so, something happened, and they've kept on cancelling it. I don't know. I don't know what's been going on. <laughs> basically, there's not been a LaveCon. Uh, uh, but the last one I went to, I had a great time because um, I was sat in the main, like, kind of area by the bar, uh, and I had a snares emulator, and I was challenging everyone to try and beat me in Street Fighter Two, and and I thrashed everybody. So I, I do believe that officially after that, I am the best Street Fighter Two player in the whole Lave community. <laughs> so there you go. I I just remember really enjoying beating you and Fozzer up at Gang Beasts. Well, uh, that's true. Yeah, I don't like this stuff. Yeah. So, um, can you believe that? Nine years. I was about to do another racist Welsh language joke and take the mick out of the way you said bar. As if I hadn't learned my lesson from, you know, episode one, two, and three. Seriously. Seriously. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? See, I've learned. I've grown as a person. I didn't make the bad racist joke. See? I, I have grown. You still it's, thought about it, though. I did. I have to say, I did. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that the actual first line in the first episode about casual racism? Casual it racism. It really, was strong, opened yes. really, really strong. I did. Yeah. But oh, to be of... fair to Fuzzer, wasn't it like the fifth time he opened? Oh. <laughs> it, it took it us was... a while to get that first episode in the can. Yeah, it was the first line in the in the second recorded episode, but the first broadcast episode. The first line in the, the actual first episode was 
sorry guys, I can't do this. <laughs> that was the first line in the in the actual first recorded episode. Not by me, I hasten to add. No, not by any of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's a story that. Oh yes, well, we shall we shall move on from that one. Well, I, I tell you what, just and just to add that how things have changed since the early days, and I don't want to say that things have gone downhill with Lave Radio. <laughs> Oh yeah, here we go. But, right, you opened up this week with development news. Yes. And you said that there was no news. And so, but back in my day, our day, that didn't stop us. We could still fill two hours full of speculation and making stuff up. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, shit, we, we, we we did one episode that was six. We sat and literally just laughed and laughed and laughed for six hours. Oh, we, get that was ridiculous. we get told off by Colin if we do that. We get told off by Colin if we do that. And you'd have all been sat in silence because we'd have been speculating for two hours. And then we'd have been like, oh, well, thanks for coming on, guys. Really appreciate you all being here. Anyway, yeah. bye. Yeah, we're, we're, we're giving you room to breathe. This is, this is our everybody's show. We I didn't know, want to, to, to basically clog it up with useless speculation. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We don't make a show out of anything, and um, but but I mean, I'm sure we could speculate for six hours. Uh, but this is why I probably haven't been doing hundreds of episodes because we used to edit it back in those days. And so six hours of speculation would be extremely problematic and would upset me so much. Can I let you into a secret about currently radio? What? All the shows pretty much are made out of nothing, and we very often have a main topic about twenty seconds before we go live. Sometimes it happens during the show, and those are the best main topics when we just come up with something. Ah, well, okay, that'll do. Oh, the philosophy hasn't changed much then. Yeah, exactly. That's right. But you do remember this one. This is what we did back in the day. That we need to say to Frontier is: Can you send out an email? with a black and white line drawing of something that may or may not be a gun. And we will talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they'll, they'll probably mention something about changing one uh, small uh, mat that'll have a knock-on effect for something, and then that will that will cause ooh, a good hour, hour and a half. We can go on that without a problem. Yeah, well, we are now- nowadays, if they sent a, what, a picture or a sketch of a gun... Um, it would upset people because they wouldn't meet their expectations of what a gun should look like. <laughs> yeah, we just we just had concept art and we just we just ran with it and just you know what does that mean? You know, um, I mean that what was it that that gif of the later on we had the gif of the um, uh, the Panther Clipper. Yes, and of course the you know oh wow Panther Clipper. You mean you haven't tried the Panther Clipper yet? It's an amazing ship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> to be honest, I think there's more chance of the Panther Clipper appearing in Star Citizen before. Uh... <laughs> uh, let's petition them. <laughs> well, they've got the asp in there, haven't they? Well, and, and I, I, I may as well say it now, you know, because before you move on to somebody more interesting. But. Um, <laughs> looking back, you know, with rose tinted glasses, you know, I, I don't want to talk too much about the history you know all the kickstarter uh, and all that but no no kick feel free to talk about that no no because no, it's no. all part of the fabric no, no, of what we, caused this thing 
we did it to death in this podcast that we started up. Anyway, <laughs> they um, like looking back. I mean, there was bits of drama and stuff, but compared to and I mentioned Star Citizen. Looking back, it's like the best, smoothest game ever released. Do you know what I mean? Star <laughs> Citizen, NFTs before NFTs were a thing. True. Do you know what I mean? Like we didn't have any of that. We just had this this old concept of you paid some money and you got a game, which is quite radical now, I guess. So I mean, looking back, I mean, even the then though, John, was amazing. Even then though, John, we were we were kind of taken to task. If you recall, we had a an interview with another podcast who told us that um, you know that this whole uh, whole Kickstarter thing and paying for you know for in game stuff was um, was also bad. Um, so can, you know, can I ask a question of the old guard, and perhaps this is one for Mister Stroud to answer. Oh, can we speculate or be told the answer? What is on Lave Two that is so important? Is permit locked? <laughs> uh, a sequel. I've said it. I've said it many times. You know, essentially, I asked for a permit lock because. Uh, I wanted the opportunity to write another book that would have a, a chance to tie into the, the existing game. I'm still sat here. You know, occasionally I get a chance to, you know, to add something to my... I mean, to be fair, the 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 list of things I've got to write at the moment are uh, is quite extensive. So, um, yeah, you know, it's it's more a case of fitting things into my schedule. But... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, that was that was the whole idea. That was why I requested the permit lock so that I could uh, I could do do three books. Yeah, this, this is how George R. R. Martining is, really, isn't it? You know, I'll get round to it one day. It'll on be the amazing, winds of Lave, the winds of Lave. I, I wrote, I wrote the, I wrote the first two chapters of Lave Republic. Um, I read the first chapter of Lave Republic at LaveCon 2015. Um, just for people to listen to, uh, and you know, I'm still here. <laughs> I think a lot of people are there going, we'd like something more in the way of fiction, but um, yeah, I think we all know how that's gone. <clears throat> um, yeah, so Fossa, your turn. <laughs> Ooh, community events. Community <laughs> events, yes. Okay, well, there's a few. So uh, the one that really sticks out is the uh, the launch event, which I'm quite surprised nobody else has mentioned. So launch event, and I probably mentioned this on one of the older podcasts, but I got a really good uh, position. So I was standing right next to the, the rail, and we're at the, um, is it Duxford Museum yes. of Flights, or basically Plane Museum. So all sorts of old um, old planes all over the place, hanging from the ceilings and stuff. And yeah, there's a big sort of uh, aircraft hangar door and we're all standing there all the people that were lucky enough to get sort of launch event tickets and there's a rail and on the other side of the rail is yeah my absolute hero uh david braben in his wonderful bono glasses that he was sports from time <laughs> to time um and uh interestingly enough as an aside the guy next to me was um oh, i've forgotten his name who used to do the um the news events for uh the bbc 
Um, uh, Ro- Rory Kethlin Jones. Rory Kethlin Jones, yes. So he was there with his son. His son did not look impressed at all, but Rory looked quite pleased to be there. Uh, he was an elite fan from back in the day. But yeah, so obviously then you had the, the klaxons go off, the sirens go off, the big sort of dry ice goes, and these hangar doors sort of slowly move apart and reveal you know, a scale model of the uh, the Cobra Mark III. And at that point, it was just, it was all finally becoming... Uh, a reality and that night was that night was great because we got the opportunity to do some some live interviews with some of the devs that you know we'd seen at i think we'd had LaveCon. yeah we had we'd had the LaveCon in the hotel as nothing else before then um and it was just a really nice opportunity to do some interviews with some of the guys that we'd you know we'd had a, a spent a bit of time with um so that's that's probably one but the other one that was really sort of out of left field um was the Movember event we did way back in God knows when, where the community grew mustaches for for Movember, uh, and it was just bizarre because all these people that played the computer game came together, grew mustaches, and uh, did collaborative sort of singing song things to raise money, and yeah, it was just it was just sort of like the first sort of insight as to how this community could come together for for charity work and 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 good deeds and you know in fairness to things like special effects they've been doing it ever since excellent yeah i mean i i I do have this vague recollection of us all singing a song to david braben while wearing i don't know elite dangerous style mustaches that someone had cut out Uh, was that just a bad dream (laughs) I think we were leaving on a space plane Um, so you was a Jefferson airplane leaving on a anyway so leaving on a space plane Um, very badly did we try and sing that song all of us I think we need an encore of that this week I don't think that ever be I think I think we need an encore no. I'm not sure what everyone else thinks but I I, I, I don't know if if we could get 300 people to do it (laughs) (laughs) oh maybe instead of Lave's well, instead of instead of uh, LaveCon skins, maybe they can have a LaveCon ha- mustache that you can stick on. <laughs> hey, actually, yes. Now we've got walking around in uh, space stations and stuff. We should have that. You know, we should have the handlebar mustache from uh, from the Movember event. Totally. Yep, there we go. That's a suggestion we can put in for a new <laughs> a new yes. cosmetic item. It'd be even funnier if it was painted on your helmet, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. Well, Alan's just dropped in chat that it should be like ZZ Top. Now, the question for that is obviously, what happens to a ZZ Top-style beard in zero gravity? You know, we're talking about we're flying around in spaceships. Velcro again. Big, yeah, Velcro. There you go. Velcro <laughs> solves all problems. Frankly, frankly, right now, because I'm writing um, hard science fiction at the moment, that is exactly the kind of question I have to answer at the moment. Uh, you know, what do beards do? <laughs> well, there was a reason. There was a reason why Frontier gave for why there's no long hair on your character it was because of the whole space suit Renlock thing, if I remember rightly. Yeah, you could. You yeah, could but uh, if you can keep if you can keep a kilt down, you can keep a beard down. <laughs> oh, don't start with space kilts. <laughs> <laughs> what is the underneath the space kilt though? That's the thing. If it's just yeah, like cause, your cause suit, you'll be okay. Because kilts in space are canon, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if kilts in space was approved by Frontier, what can we do? <laughs> um. 
Oh dear. Yeah. That's that's cool. That would cause blindness, wouldn't it? Anyway. <laughs> oh, um word of warning, Psycho Cow has actually posted the link to that video with us all singing badly already in the in the chat. So um uh, show notes, please. Put it in the show notes for the people who aren't on Twitch chat. Yeah, okay. That's 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 passed on. <clears throat> right. <laughs> on to Alan then. It has to be Alan next. Does it? Okay. Um Go on. Favorite favorite community moment. Um God. I I mean I can only echo what's been what's been said. Um I would say as well uh Dave Lowe and the Frontier theme. Uh, when we got the opportunity at LaveCon to play that to the audience um, exclusively, uh, because you know we had to, <laughs> and, and we had to, we had to mute the stream, and there were people on the on the stream when we muted the stream who were who were kind of not very happy. And of course, you know, as John's always said, you know, it's amazing how much people can complain about getting free stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the fact that we had, you know, we had the opportunity to preview the the Frontier theme that was, you know, that was recorded at, at, at Abbey Road. And, you know, I mean, the fact I got to go down there, I mean, that was, that was pretty amazing as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Foz has said it about about the the launch i mean the launch was an amazing night it was just an absolutely amazing night and and one that you you kind of pinch yourself that you were there uh but yeah that that frontier theme i mean i was in tears uh when we when we did that um you know and we had the opportunity to do that i mean that was that was incredible and there's so many others you know so many things that 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 people did that people have done so many generous moments um and i think that's it's probably the lasting thing that in general as a theme that I'd I'd like to remember any community that I, I you know I've been involved in is the the moments of generosity um you know when you see people rally round someone or pick somebody up or even it's a crunch night in in the offices so let's order them all pizza um you know those those kind of I mean you know we knew it was it was slightly silly but goodness it was it was funny um, and it, sometimes, you know, that, that sort of connection between the community and, um, and the, and the, the company and in between individuals that, you know, that's been incredibly precious. Um, and we've, we've had, you know, frontier people privately talking to us and saying just how much they love, um, having a beer, you know, and just interacting with people at, at, uh, at the bar at LaveCon because, they felt so so welcomed, you know, which which is lovely. So yeah, I, I've rambled a bit, but yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Dave Lowe's launch. I think it was amazing. Excellent. Um okay then, Doctor Toxic. How about you? What's what's been your favourite community experience in uh, in Elite Dangerous? I'm going to be selfish with this one, if I'm honest with you. And I'm gonna say it's being accepted accepted enough to get A onto Lave Radio as a co-host. Thank you guys for allowing me to come and take part in the time that I was here, and I do plan to make a return as a um, slightly more permanent fixture, uh, work abiding. <coughs> and secondly, it's being accepted enough to actually help you guys run LaveCon. 
and actually coming out to an event that it revolves around a video game. We're all going, all of these people from, it's not only around England, but around the world, that all have this one interest. They're all there to play this one video game and to meet people that all play this video game. And obviously there's conversations and stuff about other things that go on while we're at LaveCon, but meeting all of these people and especially meeting the um, the Lave Radio team, you know, giving Grant a hug, a great big hug. You know, The man's a teddy bear. He's a Scotsman, <laughs> but he's a bloody teddy bear. <laughs> there you go, Grant. You've appreciated. Socially distanced hugs now. <laughs> and you, Colin, the ability to come and come and shake your hand and, and come and enjoy a drink. And Ben, all of you just meeting up, and the rest of the community as well. It's it's been are awesome. Glad, are you glad or are you sad that you didn't get a hug for Colin? That's the thing. Um, I'm I'm not really a hugger, so I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> You're, you'll live with that, are you? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> this doesn't mean everybody can pile on at Lavecon oh. next time. <laughs> um, that's exactly. You just wait until Friday, Colin. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I am falling through the station. <laughs> I just got to the bar in the station, and I am literally falling through it. Oh. <laughs> Are you saying that you got hit by a bug there, Beth? <laughs> I keep taking... Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Jarvis. Hello, I'm here. Hello, it's so nice to hear you. What is What has been your favourite community experience with Elite? Do you know, it's funny, I was sitting here thinking about it and uh, I really, I really had something that I thought was genuinely quite important to me. And I thought, oh, no one's going to say that, so I'm not going to have my thunder stolen. Um, and then and then Ashley pretty much pretty much said what I was going to say. But <laughs> I think the thing for me... I mean, for talk- no, 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 it's all good. My, my, it's a side different take on it. But I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, there have been a lot of amazing community events. I think for me, the thing that has been really surprising about it, um, and for me, as you know, the kind of legacy of being involved with it, if you like, is is friendships. You know, genuine friendships. Um, you kind of, you know, you never know in life when you're going to meet people that you kind of make a connection with that that is bigger than than the thing you're doing. Um, and I think, you know, without wanting to speak for you know some of the other people on this call. Um, you know, there are people on this, there, there are people involved in the show and involved in this community that I consider to be genuine friends. Um, and I think, you know, that's the sting of, of missing stuff like, um, you know, LaveCon and, and, and Elite Community Meet and whatever else, you know, we haven't been able to do over the last couple of years is that, you know, it's been losing that opportunity to really kind of meet up with with friends in person. Um, and... Uh, yeah, just, I mean, like, I'll give you an example. Like at the weekend, Joe jo bumped into two at the weekend, bumped into Ian M. Norman. Oh, and, right. Right. I, I, do you know what the funny thing was? So I went to a board game event on Saturday, and yeah. it, was down in Lech- it was down in Letchworth. It's nowhere near where, you know, where I live or anything. And I was meeting up with an old friend. Anyway, um, I was sitting at a table with, with, with this friend of mine. I mean, this old friend is someone from my, my hometown. I've known him since he was like, since I was like eight. Um, 
And uh, so we got together. We were sitting around a table with a bunch of people that he knew. And there was this guy at the table, and I just thought, I know his face and I know his voice, and I just couldn't think where I knew him from. And we even said this to each other. We said, like, you know, I'm sure I know you from somewhere, but I don't know where. And anyway, so I, I'd been off to the loo or something, and I came back, and they said, oh, we've worked out where you know each other from. And he just held up his phone, and it was this sort of cartoon picture of, like, a pirate face. And I went, oh, Ian! You know? Because <laughs> I, know, I know you by your forum avatar kind of thing. Um, but I think, you know, it's that. And I mean, you know, it's no, I make no secret of the fact that I probably haven't played Elite in five years. Don't know, oh, it's hard to keep track. Geez. But I mean, I don't, you know, it's not, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if we're coming on to actually talking about the game stuff, but I think, you know, over, over the years, I've come to realise that Elite Dangerous is not, you know, it's not my game. It's, I'm, not the, I'm not the target market for what Elite Dangerous does. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't play it. I still love the community. I still love the Elite lore and I love Elite as a thing. I just don't play it. Um, but, you know, the, the, the people that I've met doing it have become such a fundamental part of my life over the years that, you know, that's, you can't, you can't replace that. I mean, that's, that, for me, that's the best thing to come out of the community. It's another Jarvis monologue. <laughs> yeah, we've got someone, uh, we've got Corey Collins in the, in the chat saying, I've just been listening to Leave Radio Legacy, Legacy episodes. Uh, I'm still on Leave Radio number 15. God, he's got a long way to go. Where the game is still, oh. almost, still almost a year from release. And I happen to tap in here and hear Chris Jarvis. <laughs> uh, what can I say? What can I say? I mean, it's funny, you know, we talk about, you know, like I said, I don't know if we're going to come on to it, but it's funny when we were talking about like the speculation episodes, there is yeah. a huge part of me. It sounds a bit hipsterish to say, but the, 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 there's a huge part of me that liked Elite much better before it was a game. <laughs> yeah, we always seem to prefer the, the game that we were building in our heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just love this fact that uh, you love the Elite community and you want to be part of it, but you don't play the game anymore. Like, it's like Fight Club. You're just joining up with various communities to try and get some kind of, I don't know, satisfaction from, you know, connections with other people. Have you, have you just considered signing up to AA? Yeah. And that you have an alcohol problem. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to have, just to, that's a bit sad. Joining the AA just to have friends. Yeah, I, I just, I, I only like it because I need to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, there's lots of, you know, I mean, there's lots of things about the kind of whole elite world that I do still really love. You know, if someone taps me up and says, do you want to come and play like an elite tabletop RPG? Absolutely, I'll be there. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. For me, it's been, for me, it's been a thing that's so much, I mean, people say, oh, isn't it great to, um, you know, organise an event that's all based around a game? For me, it's been so much bigger than the game. It's been such a a meeting point for people who uh, I guess in a sense came from the same place as me. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pretend that I've got loads in common with <laughs> young, young gamers, but there are gamers of a certain age who, you know, Elise or Elite 2 meant, meant a lot to them. And this has been a kind of focal point for bringing together those people that I wouldn't have otherwise got to meet, get to meet. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Excellent. Uh, Alan, you want to jump in there? Yeah, just, uh, just a small thing really. I mean, just 
if we go by tonight's episode and we go by what you guys were saying at the beginning with there being no development news and uh, and being, you know, a little bit, you know, I, I'm getting the irritation vibe, you know, and I understand that. And, um, you know, I can kind of see what you're, you know, why you're thinking that, you know, in terms of um, when the last communications and things were. I guess in this moment where we have come out of a a global pandemic and we're not all out of it you know um i i mean you guys know and i've uh you know i've said this earlier this week i've currently got covid um mm. so i'm sitting here you know doing lfts every night and and trying to 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 get back to actually doing the day job because i i can't you know i can't go in and teach my students at the moment because uh you know because i'm infectious um but the the thing that we're kind of looking at when we're trying to come out of what has happened to everything and everywhere is if if this computer game is a thing that binds together a community then you're actually looking for a little bit of leadership to um help that community come back um and that's not to you know it's not to say anybody owes anybody anything or anything else i'm not saying that you know anyone's obligated because I'm sure every every frontier employee has had their own um, difficulties over this this hard time. I'm sure the companies had their difficulties over this hard time. I'm you know, I I mean everyone has has suffered in different ways to you know to kind of manage these things. But we are kind of you know there is a need, and I think this is not not an, an onus on frontier in and of itself. I think it's the same for you know for most things you know for for most hobbies, most pastimes, most things that bind people together in. In terms of you know the more sharing and activity, there is a need for there to be something that kind of says, "Yeah, come back." You know, let's let's go let's go find those 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 special moments again. How can we how can we make those connections happen again? Um, and you know, it's not easy, and I don't think it will be easy for anybody to do that. And I don't think it will be you know it won't be instantaneous. It won't be the right moment. You know, now. I mean, if I recall. When we when we started going into the pandemic, actually Frontier did did fairly well. You know they were still managing to keep up. You know quite a lot of of content and and stuff moving forward um, during that period. And you know coming out they're possibly slower. You know and that's possibly a reaction to you know to what happened. Um, you know what what was going on at the beginning. So yeah, I you know I think that it's worth just thinking about that and maybe. Thinking, you know, I would hope that that people who are, who are perhaps going to be involved going forwards, and obviously we've got we've got to try and run LaveCon this year, which we're you know we're planning to do. People who are involved going forwards are thinking about the fact that, you know, what this is about trying to find a way to bring everyone back together, because um, I think that's a priority. I th- I think you're right. Um, the the main I think the main issue and the main frustration is is that um, the communication and the run up towards Christmas this year was actually really, really good. And I felt a lot of people thought that, I mean, if the game hasn't been fixed uh, to the best it can yet, at least the communication has. And since the beginning of the new year, the fact that the communication has just gone silent is just let a lot of speculation run rampant i think everybody's now beginning to feel a little bit kind of of well we don't know what's happening yeah i i read um 
uh, I read Arf's statement, and I I also uh, watched um, Obsidian Ant the other day, and mm. you know, an Obsidian Ant basically making a quite a, a you know a coherent point, and you know, I'm not accusing him of not being coherent, um, but he made a very intelligent point where he was saying, you know, sometimes things work well if they're this way. I mm-hmm. everything's communicated, you know, everything's upfront, everything's very, you know, um, talking to the player base all the time, blah blah blah. Or um, the company says nothing but lets its lets its content, you know, come out. And he, you know, he cited two examples uh, of companies that that work that way, and then made the comparison to Frontier because Frontier are, are, are kind of falling in the middle. Yeah. Um, and having read off statement, I don't know because I didn't listen to your episode when you covered this. So I'm um, apologies if I'm saying something that that you covered. But when I read one of those sentences in there, I read that that sounded to me like it was about somebody trying to um, trying to fight a corner mm-hmm. for for a particular way in which information is communicated and attempting to deal with people who didn't want it to be working that way. Um, and there was one sentence in there that made me think that, that actually this is this is not um, this is not clear, you know, in terms of that everybody is is on the same page. It looked like the, there was possibly someone who wasn't on the same page and that, that that particular post, you know, I read into it and went, yeah, you're you're suffering with somebody who's basically saying, oh, I'm not happy with that, you know, and there's someone in your way at the moment, uh, which is what's delaying this. Um, and that, that, was, that was my thought. I thought, you know, actually there's an internal issue. And it's not, you know, it, it might not be as clear cut as there being an internal issue with, you know, uh, a hero and a villain uh, in that regard. That's not quite what I mean. Um, it could be as much as we're not ready because these people aren't back or we're not ready because this hasn't been sorted yet and we mm. need this to be sorted before we're ready to, to, to move this agenda forward. You know, there are a variety of ways in which that could, you know, be legitimately delayed, as it were, in terms of, of getting back on top of what's there. Um, so yeah, I, I I guess I'm not I'm trying to be an apologist here. Uh, that actually wasn't you know wasn't my intention at all. But uh-huh. I do think that these things can be complicated. Okay, um, Chan. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, listen, listening to that, and it does indeed make you think. I mean, what I, one thing I would um, point out, and it's completely obvious, but both the game and the community are in a different place, development-wise and indeed community-wise, than it was right at the start as it was to now. And I I think the game we wanted to play eight, nine years ago is very different to what we've got. And the community, the way the community team at Frontier work is very different now than what it was even four or five years ago. So I think we almost need to reset our expectations because back then, Frontier was very much like the indie developer. It was everyone knew the CM by name and they knew us and da-da-da. Now it's become much more of a corporate environment. So I think perhaps we need to reset our expectations to be to match that corporate environment. Yeah. I mean... Uh, we've been over that one quite a lot, so it's uh, yeah. It, it I guess development moves on. 
I mean, so, I'm, I, I mean I'm, I'm very much out of all of these conversations, but I mean, one yeah. of the things that marked a big difference between the Frontier community that we started with and what you've got now is, of course, Frontier got listed as a publicly traded entity. Yeah. And that, that's going to change stuff. You know, you can't just, you can't just open up the doors, um, you know, once you're a publicly traded company. And we've had discussions, you know, we've had discussions since, uh, you know, since, since those, those initial years, you know, I've gone back and, and spoken to different people and said, well, you know, what would it cost to do X? What does Frontier want to license this? What does Frontier want to license that? And, you know, they, they do very much see their intellectual property, i.e. their, you know, their brand as being very, very valuable. And whether the, you know, whether the share, the, the shares are at this level or at that level, you know, you, you can't, you can't see the brand as being the same value as it was when, you know, when we were, we were kind of doing stuff uh, back in 2014, you know, it's not, you know, they very much see their brand as being, you know, very, very valuable. And it, it's difficult to have those conversations when you want to bring value to the table or you want to bring creativity to the table. And essentially what they're saying is you can't afford it because, <laughs> you know, you, know you, you're kind of looking at it and go, well, I used to be able to afford it. Yeah, but you can't now, you know, it's not like, it's not like it's, it's an ice cream and, and inflation is, you know, is just taking it from, you know, from, from, from uh, a pound to, you know, to, to three pounds. No, it's, it's, you know, the brand value has, has skyrocketed and that's, that's where they, you know, that's where they see themselves. Right. Well, we're just going to quickly lose, uh, uh, move on from this conversation because we've, we've still got other people to, uh, to ask this one question to, which it looks like this one question will do us for the, the whole of this section, to be honest. Um, Psychic. I'd like to what? know what your favorite community experience has been so far. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, I mean, um, I I really only started getting to know um, you guys. Um, the ECM, that the first ECM that was cancelled due to COVID, that was the first, like, elite community thing I was ever going to go to. So, um, I, I don't... <sighs> There's been so many really, really good, good things that have happened. Um, I, I, I mean, I first got to know Cow through the Truckers Up Tidy event. That's how I, how I first got got to know Cow, and then started to like learn more about the uh, the wider Elite Dangerous community, um, rather than just being sort of like very much secluded in my in like a little um player faction that i was in and i'm i feel a lot better for getting to know a lot more people um i i, I don't know of like a particular one thing that has been like huge and standalone i've really enjoyed like all of the virtual live cons the virtual ecm all of that kind of stuff and being able to raise like a bucket of money for fantastic charities is always is always going to be right up there i think friday might end up be like friday coming if you were if you were to ask me next week i might be like <laughs> you know what last friday was bloody brilliant but um it, yes it's really it's really tricky to sort of like pinpoint one thing um other than being really really selfish and sort of like saying 
I don't think had it not been for, well, I definitely had it not been for Elite Dangerous, had it not been for COVID, I don't think that I would have made Twitch partner because of the time that I stream is during the day and people were working from home and UK people, let's face it, most of the people who play Elite, a lot of the people who play Elite are UK based and people were just coming across my stream because they were at home and that's that's re that's a really cool thing and I, I must admit finding out that I got partner was really cool that was a really good like experience that sort of felt like it was on the back of like elite but um just like the last few th there's a there's a pre-leaving PA time and then the post-leaving PA time and they're two very very separate elite dangerous experiences for me and one is like being very closed in not really being super aware of a wider community and then the bit post PA is knowing the wider community and getting to know a lot more commanders and finding out a lot more about people um and that's a that's a really really good thing and I've made I've made some proper friends through this game um not not least to say i'd never have met my very very good friend mal i would never have met mal and flight assist is one of my favorite things to do i absolutely bloody adore it and just being able to share like cal said just before we started how joyous my episode where i got to speak chat to my sister about elite it's just wild to me that I can sit and have these conversations with so many different people and share this joy about a game that, like, is still being talked about and enjoyed by a whole um, uh, uh, group of people nine years on. Do you know what I mean? Completely. Um, it, it's always bizarre that I, I always got told when uh, Leave Radio was was starting and when uh, Leave Radio was at we, we started me and Ben started joining Live Radio that don't expect it to last too long because it's a, a podcast about one single game. You're going to run out of things to say and yet yeah, here we are nine years later. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I, I love I love doing Live. I love you guys. You guys are great. <laughs> just like, <laughs> let me just add that as an addendum. <laughs> um, but the, like, the, the do, doing Flight Assist, like, we ask the same questions every single episode and we're on what like we we just pat we had charlie hall from polygon magazine as our 50th episode and i am absolutely name dropping with that but um <laughs> to have had um have these they have like what you might assume is going to be the same conversation every time and have it so wildly different and ha hear like these individual people's experiences has been an absolute joy that that's my favorite thing about um elite is being able to come together through like as, as other people have said come together through a video game maybe yeah maybe you don't play the video game anymore but you're still you're still a member of the community elite doesn't leave you and i and i i, I really i really like that it's 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 nice to be able to talk to all of you Excellent. Right, we're going to move on to Shan now. Um, my favourite personal elite moment, um, that's quite a hard one because there's been so many. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a tie, if I'm allowed. Um, the first the one that springs to mind was when I got my combat elite about two months after the game was launched. And I was up for 32 hours straight. And... A really good friend of mine who really sadly was killed in a motorbike accident 
um, some years later, stayed up with me on uh, Bent, it was on Ventrilo, and we were just talking all the 32 hours, I was going through kill after kill after kill after kill. And it was just that having time to spend with him while I was playing Elite, and uh, that was really special for me personally and it's extra special now because obviously um he's passed the the other moment was um i got ed lewis out of the abyss he was lost in the abyss in his journey back from distant worlds and i was having to navigate him across the abyss pre-engineering just simply using the angles and trigonometry on the screen because i couldn't go there and there was no way you could you know, work your work, work a route out back then. So that was that. Was, I enjoyed that. Community-wise, oh gosh, um, the time I think I've laughed the most in any computer game, or in probably indeed ever, was at the LaveCon with Ed Nolman and Mr. Blobby. I must say, yes, that was that was a unique moment. <laughs> that was uh, that was just pure joy. That was, and I regard that as special. And, and incidentally, do you remember we had my son on um, a, a couple of weeks ago? Yes, because I, I remember think, meeting when he was a lot smaller. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think he's just had his best elite moment, and we talk about community because um, he messaged me on uh, on Facebook and say basically, "Help, Dad! I'm out of fuel. I'm really annoyed. I got four scoople stars in a row." So of course, I sent him to Fuel Rats. And the fact there are real people rescuing people for free for fuel mm-hmm. has blown his mind. He'd say that's insane. <laughs> so uh, I think that's a really good permitting to end on how the community that we do cherish and we do we do regard is still active, and people like Fuel Rats are still there doing their thing. And I think that's amazing. Excellent. So that just leaves Ben. Um, I think, oh, favorite community thing would probably be so many. Um, I'm going to go with actually the, that night before the, uh, before the launch party (coughs) where we were all just meeting up in the pub and meeting everybody for that very, very, very first time. Um, either that or, of course, the very first LaveCon where you know, nobody had ever met anybody in real life ever. We're a bunch of random people off the internet. I speak to some yeah. random person off the internet. Uh, I, I was going to say, Ben, I don't know what you're talking about. We all the, the four of us arranged to get together for a meal and you all showed up. It was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, and then cushions got involved. Yeah. Yeah, I, I spoke to some random person off the internet. I gave him my house address. He came and picked me up and his wife. Uh, he didn't pick his wife. She was, she was already in the car. Yeah, him and his wife came and picked me up. And they didn't murder me on the way down to Northampton. Not <laughs> it, it was Chester. Oh, not Chester. Oh, it, it wasn't Northampton. It was... Um, Chipperfield. It was right down in Wiltshire. Cheltenham, the first one. Cheltenham, yeah, that's Cheltenham, it. Cheltenham, Cheltenham sorry. Yeah. Cheltenham. Um, yeah, so, I, and, you know, that is, yeah, I think that that's, that, that very first chance to meet everybody was just phenomenal. And then 
all the things that came out of that, the getting started with Retrolave, um, and then obviously being involved with the main show and all the opportunities that that's involved has been redonkulously good. And uh, I'm, I'm honoured and humbled and all that crap. <laughs> I think it yeah, is. That's, that's, that's a fairly backhanded compliment to the, to the early elite dangerous community. Well, they didn't murder me, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I feel as responsible broadcasters, we should be saying, you know, please... Please don't arrange to meet people that you've met on the internet. But that's not been any of our experience. All of our experience has been that meeting people off the internet has been great. I, you know, I mean, we're obviously we are looking at it slightly nostalgically, and you know, I mean, there are obviously there have been good experiences and bad experiences, and I think that you know we we you know we we need to caveat that a little bit. But um, I will say that just to pick up on Psychit's point, um. Another thing that is worth reflecting on in this moment where where people are concerned maybe about the fact that, you know, that there isn't content um, or there aren't things, you know, being communicated at this stage is, you know, when we look back, I mean, Elite transformed my life, you know, massively transformed my life. You know, the opportunities that I got out of, um, you know, I have a PhD because of Elite. I have... Um, you know, I, I have now I am the, you know, I'm the chair of the British Science Fiction Association, which is a, a national organization that runs a national science fiction award every year. You know, I'm currently in the middle of doing the doing the shortlist for, uh, you know, which we're going to release. And I, I put on hold tonight so that I could I could be on with you guys. We're going to release that this week as to, you know, who are going to be the the best novels of last year. You know, I mean, I, you know, it's huge. You know, the, the stuff that I get to do because of the stuff that we did um you know is is incredible and i'm so grateful for that so so utterly grateful for that um you you're always going to sit and kind of go well i'd have done it differently you know there are things that you'd sit and say yeah you know if i could if i could have the time again maybe maybe this maybe that um but goodness you know what a ride excellent um at the moment it does seem that i'm got, getting a little bit of trouble joining everybody in uh, back in the uh in the bar at the moment due to instancing issues we're, we're actually breaking the instancing <laughs> how many people have we got in the instance by the way it looks to be about 12 13 i think so you know that's that's actually really good going Oh, so, I mean, if you want, if you wanted to get me feeling nostalgic, what you guys are still having problems with instancing? <laughs> believe, it, believe it or not, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's nobody sat out sat outside the station with me. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm having I'm having a bit of fun right now at the moment. So um, yes. <clears throat> so we've been through everybody's um, favorite community experience, and I think we're going to we're going to run out of time before we could we'd talk about something else. But um, just quickly for the for the old guard, I mean, obviously you guys haven't been playing Elite for for quite a while. Um, I have. Well, oh yeah, you have, uh, John. I mean, how have you been finding the latest updates? Uh, well, to be honest, when I say I've been playing, I've been playing in my own kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't walk around stations. I'll tell you that much now, because I, I still want to be flying my ship and blowing stuff up. 
Um, but I, I always dip back in every so often just to see, you know, what's changed and, you know, um, I like, I like bounty hunting and I was very pleased to see that last time I went bounty hunting, it was only a couple of weeks ago, the rewards for that have shot up, you know, so it's, it's much more viable as a way of making money. If you just, if you're just happy to sit there in an extraction site and blowing up anacondas, you can make an absolute fortune. Mm. So I enjoyed doing that. Um, the running around stations thing, um, you know, this kind of harks back to what we were talking about, how, you know, we had this original concept of the game and, you know, did we get what we wanted and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think in the beginning, I thought it would be cool to be able to walk around space stations and, you know, sometimes, you know, you think, you know, what you want and, you know, maybe I was wrong about that. I'm still waiting <laughs> to hunt dinosaurs like David Braben promised. Um, but, You'll never uh, be able to do that in Elite. Why not? David Braben said he's, we're going to be big game hunters. We're going to be chasing a, you know. We're going to be hunting hippos for their eyelashes. Hunting, I think. Uh, yeah, hunting a <laughs> T Rex through the forest. You know, he promised it. Well, see, uh, no, I want a refund. I think- I think you've mistaken what he meant when he said hunting dinosaurs. What he meant was digging up um, <laughs> archaeological finds on um, non-atmosphere planets, um, uh, which you can do. So that's there. You can get it. You can get you know bio waste. That's kind of like hunting dinosaurs. So easy to confuse. it's so easy to confuse those two things, isn't it? Hunting, hunting big game, and, and you know digging up shit. That's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, an easy, it's an easy mistake to make. Big jobby hunting. Yeah. Oh no! Don't don't mention jobbies. Oh, oh. Yeah, yes, let me say jobby. Um, you missed last week where no, a couple of weeks ago where Psychit. Oh, Psychit! I can't even say it without without cracking what, up. What was it called? Like like jobby spread or something? My husband will remember. Um, some kind of peanut butter. <laughs> Some like jobby shot or something like that. <laughs> Sorry, what was your question going to be, Colin? Was you 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 were going to say you haven't played for ages, but <laughs> well, the, the main question is what would it take um, to entice you back in? So that would be to Alan. Uh, I think Commander Thane has said that he's is nothing. Nothing really that could do it, but Alan and, and Fozza, I mean, is there anything that could oh, take you back in? Uh, I mean, Foz, do you want to go? Yeah, I was just... Chris was saying he's, he wasn't sure. Is that a, you might come back? What would tempt you back? No, 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 I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's nothing that would make me come back. Um, I just think, you know, I think, I think what I've done is I've, I've, I've over, over time, I've acknowledged that it's, designed at a, a kind of gameplay and the kind of content they want to put in is is you know i don't i don't think it's aimed towards me i mean i said you know from if you listen to yeah, I'm, i was going to say if you listen back to the old episodes don't feel free you have to listen to the old episodes just because i say so <laughs> you know the thing the thing that i always wanted was i always wanted kind of story content and i don't mean like a big narrative but i just mean like little threads that you could pick out yourself that would lead you down kind of like different, different rabbit holes. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, for me, it's, you know, it's always been that, that, that difficulty between what you can achieve in a single player game versus what you can achieve in a, in a massively multiplayer game. 
Mm. So, you know, in, in a massively multiplayer game, you'll have a story event where the entire player base needs to deliver like six million tons of whiskey to this one guy living on a rock because that's what works for your multiplayer meta. Whereas what I want is kind of like, you know, you meet an NPC and he says, oh, you know, I've got a couple of options for you. You can either do the smuggling job for me, you can go and do this thing. And really just to, to kind of really feel that like, I don't think that's the thing. It's about you being, it's about whether you're the center of the story or not. And I think Elite Dangerous doesn't necessarily offer you an opportunity where you're the center of the story. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just not the way I consume games. But I think if, I think if the, the kind of, if you like the single player content um, of Elite Dangerous was to really ramp up, uh, you know, in the context of it also still being multiplayer, then, then that would entice me back. Um, I think I just, I, you know, I just found that there wasn't, if, because I'm not into games that have a, a big sort of meta um, or a big PvP scene or is all about kind of like achieving certain types of ship builds, you know, gaining materials and put, putting all those kind of hours in. That, that's just not how I play games. Um, so I think it would, you know, I, I think I stopped playing Elite at the point where I realised that the content that I was waiting for was was not really in the plan. It wasn't the game that they were trying to make. And that, you know, that's absolutely fair enough. And that's why I'd always, you know, engage with the game world more in a way like, you know, like a, like a tabletop RPG. Or, you know, if somebody ever managed to make a board game happen or the fiction or any of those kind of things, because it's the, it's the world and the story and the character content that really draws me into a game, not necessarily feeling like I've achieved something by, you know, getting out the perfect fighter craft or the perfect exploration craft, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Ben, you've got something to respond there, haven't you? In that case, if if that's what you're responding to, Jarvis, I have a feeling you might actually really like the on-foot missions that you can get by walking around the bar. Because you literally, you're walking up to a bar and they're asking you to do you know, basically the same kind of jobs. Then you can get into the whole negotiation with them and say, you know, give me a bit more money, mate. And then they'll send you off somewhere... And you might have to go off and meet somebody at another place. And there is a lot more of that personal NPC interaction. Um, although all you're really doing is obviously, it's the same missions and it's, you know, go and get me a widget. But it is more personal. But I don't know oh, if that's that, cool. Yeah, I don't know that's if that cool. would work for you, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, really. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it definitely sounds interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, I like that. space games. <laughs> Fuzzer, do you do you want to have a go at that? What would entice you back? Um, I'll tell you what doesn't entice me very much, and, and that's the idea of having to change all my key binds all over again. I take it they <laughs> haven't improved that in terms of it being uh, an ordeal. They have in a little way. They've actually broken the, the key binds down into certain areas of functionality. So you've, it doesn't feel like you're having to do page after page after page after page. Much better, yeah, as Commander Ventura says, it's got a much better layout at the moment. So if you're just flying around in your ship, you've just got your ship section to, to worry about. Nor, but yeah, <laughs> key binds, it's, it's <laughs> key binds. God, I wish, I wish we could all just... <laughs> everything would just map automatically, but it doesn't seem to. 
Yeah, Alan's just posted in the uh, in the chat. It's like, oh God, keybinds. That was a whole night, and it is. And that's what's sort of keeping me away. The thought that I'd like to get back into Elite Dangerous, but there's no way of actually just getting back into it. There's that thing where you have to put a, aside a good chunk of hours to just you know make sure you can actually get all of your your hot ass and everything uh, up and running again. Uh, Shan, what do you want to say? Um, I'll ask you about keybinds. A few shows ago, we talked about quit points. In an MMO, you know, what are the things that makes you think, I'll oh, stuff this, I can't be bothered. And one of the things we talked about was keybinds and how onerous it was to set it all up and get it and get it right and how important it is to uh, back them up before there's a major release. So from what you just said, would you say the keybinds was one of your, oh, for goodness sake, moments? Mm. Well, maybe leave in the first place. I don't know. I... I was kind of flagging in the same way that um, that Jarvis was in terms of I, I was kind of wanting a bit more um, single player storylines and mm. you know I, I feel almost bad by saying the whole thing about it being you know wide but shallow uh, which was the thing that everybody threw at Elite Dangerous for for such a long time um, and the thing that made it not shallow was the interaction with your your friends and doing stuff as part of the community. Um, and just the stuff that I've seen online in terms of the you know, the walking around in stations things, Ben mentioned it as, you know, go here, do that widget thing. Um, I was never really into the whole SRV things, drive up to this thing, plug into this widget, take that thing down. That, it was lacking it was lacking a bit of a narrative, and I don't see the walking around in stations as having that extra narrative. Um, maybe I'm wrong. You know, I've just seen it from uh, from a distance, and I was waiting for something to sort of draw me back in. So I can just sort of excite. You got me interested now. So sorry, listeners. Um, so have you been following at all the the narratives that have been going on recently, like the emperor being kidnapped for a year and the whole thing? Have you have you been following that? No, at I haven't followed any of the in-game lore, uh, such as it's been. That was always hit and miss um, in the past. Because the way it's it's certainly been appeared and is it's almost like you're watching things unfold rather than having any effect on having them unfold. Like something big like the Emperor being kidnapped for a year was completely resolved to the player off screen. And I just wondered was, how, yeah. you, how you sort was, of felt about that. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was always the problem with it, wasn't it? There was so much of the game that happened either through kind of like, you know, I guess forum posts for the word, for, you know, for the, uh, you know, or, or, in, or in newsletters. I mean, it's funny because the stark contrast is I, I recently, one of the things I did recently was I completely played a mass effect through from the beginning. Mm. Um, because for the, yeah, because for the first time, it's funny because I played mass effects one, two, and three, I played them all on different machines originally. So I, I even though I built the same commander shepherd, I didn't have that throughput, and I really wanted to see what happened if you took the same save file from game one all the way to, through to game three. And I have to say, it was an incredible, dramatic experience. I mean, I absolutely loved it. There was some stuff that didn't work. There was some stuff where I feel like they threw in a character that you met in like game one in like a bar somewhere just so that you could talk to them and have that validation that the game remembered a choice you made in the first game. But I do think that you know, everything that happened in that game world was fed back to you in a really involving way. Like you get into, you get into one of the lifts 
And while you were traveling between floors, you would hear a news article that directly related to something that you either did or something that you saw or something you spoke to somebody about. And I think that that's the thing that's always bothered me about um, Elite. And it's not just Elite. Um, there, there are lots of games that do this, but if, if too much of the game is happening outside of actually playing the game, it's incredibly distancing. I mean, I, I always felt when I got in, I, I always really enjoyed playing it, like flying the ship around and doing the shooting and landing and all that sort of thing. As a flight simulator, I always really enjoyed it. But the elite that I read about in Galnet updates or saw people talking about on forum posts, that was never the world that actually ever emerged to me when I got in the ship and started flying around. Okay. Um, Alan? Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, there's a few things here that you could kind of unpack. One is um, the sort of the the closing point that Chris, Chris is making, which is moving wallpaper, which is um, there are a variety of different games and not just computer games that have gone through iterations whereby they are a performance that's going on around you and you can't really affect it. Um, and there are times when, you know, when that happens. And actually I've seen seen companies go through that that process and then realize that they need to have player affected content and they need to you know to find ways to allow individuals to affect things but also allow them to not affect things too much so that it doesn't affect every other player you know in terms of what they do um, and i think the other point i would make on just specifically coming in on this of it not offering the narrative mm-hmm. and i hate to sound like a wizard and i'm not trying to sound like a wizard I'm not trying to sound like, you know, that that, that there is a there's some sort of sage answer here. But it honestly does come down to the framework of how you design and how you create. There is not a I don't believe that you can have either yeah, it has to be either or. I don't believe that you can solely have this kind of story experience by um, you know, by doing it one way, or you have this kind of slightly impersonal experience by doing it another. I think there are ways in which you can move in the middle. And I, I genuinely think there are a variety of ways in which games have not picked that up. Um, some games have, you know, in different ways, but um, I, I, I don't think we've yet seen it in computer narrative design. I don't think we've yet seen the, the utter... Um, the utter alternative narrative experience that requires um, a kind of creativity that you know is really thinking differently about how you know how MMOs work. And frankly, MMOs are a, you know are a tiny, tiny um, evolution. You know they've only been around for a, for a short period of time, so it's not necessarily that you know that that um, that there's been enough time to understand that kind of uh, design experience at this stage. Um, so yeah. Yeah, the closest I've ever found to a narrative experience in an MMO where I've genuinely felt involved and in a sandbox experience has been on the Matrix Online. And that worked because they actually had real people running events and running missions at the same time, like live Dungeon Masters. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vampire that- Redemption. Did, did something similar you know they tried to do that um you know many many years before uh you know a variety of of those um yeah i i just you you asked the question about tempting back and mm-hmm. i wanted to because you i know you want to move on so i just wanted to quickly say um i think for me selfishly uh my gameplay these days revolves around when there is something in it that i can feel when i go to bed 
I feel like I've done something that kind of makes me feel like I've done so achieved something in the day. Mm-hmm. So um, at the moment, I'm painting miniatures. I've achieved <laughs> something in the day, or I've put shelves up. I've achieved something in the day, or I've you know I've built the summer house. I've achieved something in the day. You know, something. You know, I've I've written a chapter in a book. If I feel like I can achieve something in the day, then then I you know, and actually computer games. They do sometimes, you know, if I can get really into it, then I feel like I've achieved something. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was easy with Elite earlier on because, um, you know, when I was writing and I was doing Lave Revolution, then obviously it was easy because I've achieved something. It's research. Or when I was working on Phoenix Point, I've achieved something, you know. Um, it's harder when it's not. Fair enough. Um, right, Fozza. Yeah, I was just going to say that actually, you know, the whole comment about the the narrative and everything it's just an interesting way of how we've we've changed because there is an 11 year old inside me screaming at me that i've turned into a complete knob and that when he used to play you know frontier that he would be thrilled when he used to have a spy mission where he'd go and sit above the planet and take a picture with a camera and then or when he'd take one of those missions where you had to take a passenger from point a to point b but you know there might be something that goes on in between and all you got in terms of you know something from the game was i found you or you know you will regret this blah 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 but it was the fact that you then went and made it uh into your own story and actually elite dangerous is far more um far more uh elaborate than than what we used to have but i think the expectations or the fact that we've maybe grown uh to expect more from the games means that you know that now seems shallow and you want this bigger narrative you want sort of like a horizon zero dawn narrative in a, in an mmo which yeah as i say it's not really not really where we're at but i say there is an 11 year old inside me who did a lot more with a lot less than what uh, frontier have given us uh and i think maybe yeah i think uh, to a certain extent a bit more grateful for what we've actually got or do more with what we've got i do i i, I do i do absolutely take your point but I, I think that the that emergent narrative you're talking about for some reason i don't feel that elite dangerous necessarily feeds that back to you in, no. in a very helpful way. I mean, I had, I mean, sorry, Fozzy, you're going you're gonna to hate me for mentioning this game. What's incredible narrative moments I've had has been in Invisible Ink. And it wasn't something that was particularly, it wasn't something that was particularly story-based, but it was this thing where I was getting down to a bit of a crunch. I won't explain the game too much, but essentially you're against the clock to complete a bunch of missions in order to kind of defeat this thing on the final day, right? So the clock is against you. And I had this of one of my, I had to leave a mission. I had to leave one of my agents behind. And when you do that in the game, it generates another mission somewhere else on the map where you can break into like a holding facility and rescue your other agent. And I had this thing where I was sitting there thinking, I'm really short on resources and really short on time. Do I press on with a solo agent and just try and get this done? Or do I take the time out to do the prison break missions, which are notoriously difficult, you know, to complete in that game? And that was this wonderful sense of this, this plot moment that I'd created for myself with my gameplay, where I really cared about the decision I was making in that moment. And just as a binary choice of do I take on this mission or I don't, do I not take it on? So it's not that the game sort of pandered to me by, by creating this huge narrative around me, 
but the nature of the gameplay is what Alan was saying before. The nature of the gameplay and the nature of the game design lends itself to narrative content of your own um, in a way which I don't think Elite Dangerous has ever really done because it's always largely just been a sandbox about completing specific tasks and getting money or kudos back for that. There's a um, fundamental difference in the question, though, isn't there, between a single-player game like Mass Effect, Skyrim, insert single-player game here, and having a massively multiplayer game that, that almost, was good. Yeah, that almost has <laughs> the, the pilot in Elite, the command in Elite, is a nobody. They're not a Luke Skywalker, they're not a Han Solo, they're not the hero per se. And having a to design a meaningful narrative and immersive um, quest system, mission system around that is a completely different matter to having a single player. Now, I, I'm a sort of an MMO aficionado, and I don't think there's a single MMO that's ever got that right in terms of uh, making you making you feel as though you're involved in the overarching scheme, and yet being personal enough to have that yes, this is my story. And to do, I'm not even sure how that would be possible. As I say, there's a few games like Guild Wars 2 and um, Drink. Uh, yeah, and uh, Elder Scrolls Online that have kind of tried to do it, but the two are so different, I'm not sure anyone's cracked it yet. Okay. To be fair, you say that, Shan, but uh, sorry to step on you. For, uh, names, too tired for this. Um... Phoenix, I'm sorry for stepping on you, but Shan, I, I see no difference between sitting down and playing Borderlands and that being my story, and sitting down playing Elite and that being my story. The, the point, the, yeah, sorry, the point I'm, I'm making is you can have a personal story. You can have. I think most MMOs have a individual personal story your character goes through, and they'll reach the end of level boss, and then they raid, and you know, there's that personal story. But having it as part of an evolving living narrative, which is one of the things that I do like about Elite, having a player to be able to be involved in that and still make it their story, and uniquely so, is a tricky thing to do. Right. Well, I'm going to have to... I hate to actually do this, because this is a, a conversation that we would run for a six-hour session, but <laughs> we don't have the time for that tonight, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to cut, draw a line under that there. Uh, we'll just quickly cut over the community corner of what everybody has been up to in the community for, for the last week or so. Um, first off, we have a new distance record. Uh, the new record is 65,926 light years from Sol, which is 279 light years beyond uh, cent uh, the Centimus Beacon. And that's been reached by Commander Viana Heliot. So we have a link for her in the in the YouTube, which will um, <laughs> uh, which will will be available in the show notes. Um, also, congratulations to Ilyuk UK, who has raised fourteen hundred pounds for Macmillan Cancer using a twenty four hour live stream last weekend. Um, this was Ilyuk UK's first UK Aiki. stream. Aiki. Achy. I hate to I hate to correct you on your pronunciation. It's Achy, Achy UK. So uh, for, for those of the, you that know the, the game, 
That's another drink. <laughs> it's another two drinks, isn't it? Because I got that wrong twice. Um, so share kudos and support over at her um, uh, YouTube channel, which we will also include in the link. And the buckyball results. By the way, Ben, how did you do in the buckyball? I'm going to go with I, I, got, I only got 10. Um, I technically landed on the 20-minute mark. Yeah, I landed. I landed at sort of nineteen minutes fifty something seconds. I took off again at twenty minutes and four or five seconds. Ah, uh, so well, I'm not counting that last takeoff, and I'm going to go with I got I got ten, but my landing was nineteen fifty something, uh, which would put me in. I think I'm now position number thirty thirty eight. Thirty eight of thirty nine. Basically, thirty-eight out of thirty-nine. Yes. Yes. Right. Has, has anyone has anyone ever bettered my record slowest time for a buckyball? <laughs> I don't think so, Mister Jarvis. You still are the slowest. Yeah. Brilliant. Yes. Um, well, this this buckyball uh, out of the lot of us, psychic. Well done. Eleventh place. I'm good. It's not top ten. Gutted. I couldn't get that. I couldn't get that fifteen stops. I, I mean, I can't believe that. I don't know how you managed to do it. Fourteen uh, with a twenty with a time of twenty minutes and twenty seconds. Because I'm really fucking fast, Colin. Oh right, oh right. And I'm Jeez. infinitely better than you. We should have a lay radio. We need a lay radio swear box. I think. <laughs> no, she, oh come on! You've got to give it a psychic. She's very proud. I'm super proud. I'm really. I'm, I cannot believe I'm even slightly competitive in this. So it's been very fun to do it. Yeah, I, I came twenty second. The legend that is Wotherspoon came thirty third. <laughs> so yeah, it was. I must admit, I I found this. I did, I thought I wasn't going to enjoy this. I thought oh, I'll just do one run or a couple of runs and just see how I do and then before I knew it there was sort of eight or nine runs later was, I've got to do better I got, it was very very addictive <laughs> so well played to Mouth of the Wind for helping to organise this and of course um, everybody in the Buckyball uh, Discord who has contributed they had quite a lot of um, uh, yeah that's 13 let's say 39 people who took part and you, you uh, You've answered half of my question, but you know, yes, okay, Psychic got eleventh, but how many attempts did she take to get that? That was oh. on day two, I think. Was that was that one? That was on day two. I could, I didn't better it after day two. Hi. Um, everything went downhill from there. So that was probably probably my fourth attempt on that okay. one. So how many yeah. attempts did you actually? Dude. I've got I've got no idea, Ben. I streamed it all week last week. I did, oh, right. I, did I did an extra stream on Wednesday, stream doing buckyball racing for like two hours. It, it has it has consumed me. I have loved every second of it. It has been super fun. Actually, feeling competitive in something and going, you know what? Actually, I'm not a shit pilot. I'm okay, and I was quite enjoying that. Yeah, I, I did find, I can't believe how drifty the derated engines <laughs> Oh, God, yes, it is. Yeah, you that end up going sideways. Yeah, this one time that I did it was my only time flying that ship, actually. Because I, I even had to, you know, I got it kitted out in Shinata Tezra and then shipped over to the location. And that first takeoff was basically the first time I'd really flown it. Oh, my God. 
Um, don't, um, wow, it was drifty. So. Don't throw it away, though, because next month is Brother Sabathius's race, and that one looks like a really fun one as well, and that's going to be in the same Cobra. Yeah, damn right I had to get it in that I only did it in one run, Anil. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, on my first run, I think I got 12. I got and 12 then on I... my first as well, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I seem to be gaining 30 seconds with every runner. So I was on 13, uh, but I don't, yeah, I, it is a drifty, it's a drifty, yeah, it drifts more than than people in Tokyo, don't they? It, it drifts more than a cutter. <laughs> That says something. Anyway, um, moving on from there, we've had a, a, a nice uh, YouTube comment from uh, Snowstalker36. Um, he's actually wondering whether or not they should uh, revisit some of the old CG rewards because there's been, you know, the corrosion-resistant cargo of four tons is quite limiting, and he thinks that... The, Maybe something like that to a couple of community goals to, to get that would be quite nice. Um, I mean, moving on from there, the mostly clueless section that we've got is from Domzilla2112. Um, so he's implied that when you use Collect Olympics, you can ignore certain items by going to con the contact screen and setting Add to Ignore list next to the item. This is good for cutting down uh, the amount of uh, materials you don't need and um, also for ignoring storing stolen cargo in a battle so that you don't get uh, done for the um, for the police. Now, Psykit. You're wanting to plug something. I, I am, very, very, very quickly. Um, Sunday, I've done no prep for it whatsoever so far. I need to grab Cow at some point and just go, just remind me how I do this very quickly. Um, it is Game Blast weekend this weekend. Lots of money being raised for special effect um, all across lots of different um, streams and all of that malarkey. On Sunday, I'm going to be playing some Elite Dangerous initially and then on seven at 7.30, we'll be, be doing a gaming quiz on Sunday night hoping to raise um, a little bit of cash for um, for special effect and I have um, star stickers to stick on my face whenever um, anybody donates a, a fiver or more yeah uh, we forgot the quizzes <laughs> we forgot the 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 Lavecon grant quizzes which are which are an experience to behold I will be using that software for my quiz <laughs> Oh dear! So, um, just quickly before before we disappear, we'll do some uh, shout outs. Um, obviously, our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio it broadcasts on a Thursday at eight thirty. You can uh, tune in at uh, twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord uh, at discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. Um, we also give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. We've got Allagrab AM. We've got Black Sky Legion. Uh, we have... Uh, the Canon Podcast, the Elite Cast, the Fatherhood Podcast. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting yelled at now. 
Uh, we have, obviously, flight assist. We have the guard frequency. We have loose screws, squeaking fuel, and system chat, all to say hello to. Um, for those who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, there's the Data Slate podcast. I, I do believe you're still doing that, Alan? Not really. <laughs> oh. Well, should we take that was, off the list then? I was, I was just typing that into the uh, into the chat. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, we... We will do. We will do as and when. But yeah, I, I just, it, it, I don't have time. I'm afraid at the moment to to be able to to put that together along with everything else. <laughs> well, following this, we also have the latest Galnet News Digest, as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Commander Beetlejude, and we'll thank everybody who has contributed uh, in the chat room tonight, and to everybody who has. Um, basically met up around Lave Station. So um, I know that I can see about three or four people who have, who have disappeared. I got Commander Motherlord 666, but I do believe everybody else is in another instance. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, who have you got over there? Right, so I'm in here with uh, Commander Epa Epaphos, Jeannie Van Zyl, Huge Appendage, Kat uh, Katiana... Uh, Mac, Miggles, uh, Noplius, our lovely Psychit, who looks like she's been attacked by the protomolecule or something like that. Uh, <laughs> cows in here. I know Toxic is around. I know um, I've already said Mac. Um, and I, I know you have been here as well, Colin. Mm, yes, but I was getting you know, connection. Shan, just... Shan was here too. Shan, Shan was somewhere, I believe. Uh, yeah, I can't get back in either. I had to uh, sort. Um, eldest mini Shan out with fewer rats and stuff. Well, no Fair place. enough. Nobody's hovering outside Lave Station. I am sat here all alone. Oh, I did invite oh. you to the team so you could try and join us. I'm in the oh, team. Just fly in the slot, fly in the slot, and let it blow you up. Don't get a docking permission, and we'll all watch from the bar. It'll be a yeah, beautiful wave going just, out. Yeah, fly in and ram into us, and then we'll just laugh. We'll not laugh. We'll that'll be a lovely explosion for the end of the show. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll head out and no, see if I can see you, Doctor Doctor. Watching my instance now. No. So that is it, really, for uh, oh, special thanks, of course, goes to Commander Tokoso, Commander JN Tracks, and of course Alan Stroud, who has created music that we are use that we are using on this show. Uh, but that is it for the ninth anniversary of Live Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. You can hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. You can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. There's also a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which is shared with the Hutton truckers. <laughs> and you'll find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Um, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to, and I have to take a very big breath for this one, um, Alan, Commander Thane, Com uh, Dr. Toxic, Commander Fozzer, thank you, Mr. Stabler, Thank you, Psychic. Thank you, uh, Psycho Cal. Thank you, Shan. Thank you, Ben. Uh, have I missed anybody out? That yeah! sounded like the end. That sounded like the end of the Waltons, didn't it? It did. Special thank you to uh, Chris Marfor. Ventura. Yeah, I was just about to get to that. 
<laughs> a special thanks to today's uh, tech specialist, Commander Ventura, who's put an awful lot of effort in, especially for the bathroom update. <laughs> Uh, so until next time commanders fly safe but if you can't do that fly dangerous is your life like this? someone's having an orange insertion <laughs> I'm gonna see the galaxy. Seconds, I'll be right back. Forget the Uranus talk. This is the new outro. According to uh, scientists, Uranus is full of methane gas. You've been dying for something to replace your Uranus. I think you're right, though, Colin. (laughs) (laughs) What have you done with Shan, and when can we have him back? I don't know. I'm quite attached to this one, to be honest. Yeah, that that butt clenching really was awesome. News Digest, 22nd of February 3308. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we look at the latest troubles in the Colonia Bridge project and we have a look at some recent galactic record breakers. The Colonia end of the Colonia Bridge project is failing leading to fears that one of the six starports may be left without key services. Brewer Corporation has been getting the six starports, along the Colonia Bridge, fitted out with services to make them fit for use as a home base by commanders who want a break from the hustle and bustle of inhabited space. Last week's appeal went well, and all the stations will soon have universal cartographics and Vista Genomics. However, this week is different. The bubble end of the process is going well, and Zerais Station, Hellgrind Gateway, Vladimir McDougall's Triumph, Cannon Complex and Venatore's Hub will soon all have Pioneer Supplies, Crew Lounge and Search and Rescue Services. But the appeal for construction materials at the Colonia end is going very slowly indeed 
and it looks like plucky little Promium Relay in the charmingly named Eoch Flyway QK-ED12-2118 may be left without any of these vital services. Who could possibly base themselves at a starport where you can't buy an Artemis suit? Where you can't hire a crew member? And where you can't turn in that occupied escape pod you scooped up? Although, given its proximity to Colonia, there's someone not too far away who might be willing to pay for a few more occupied escape pods to add to his collection. It's been a week for records. Commander J.J. Goldberg arrived at Beagle Point from the bubble in record time. Commander Vivian Heliat flew for days and days beyond Samotus Beacon and Commander Rosillas found themselves not just in another galaxy but in another universe altogether. Commander LCU, no fool like one, has created a Crates and Adders board game that illustrates the way penal megaships can be used to speed up the trip from the bubble to Colonia, a journey Commander JJ Goldberg recently completed in less than an hour after being dared to by LCU. Commander Goldberg's latest speedrun, also the result of a dare, was from the bubble to Beagle Point using the new pre-engineered Class 6A frameshift drive that the Brewer Corporation recently handed out as a reward. The time to beat was 4 hours and 18 minutes by Dr Chives, who was using the previously best available FSD. Under the rules, the starting point can be anywhere within 350 light-years of Sol. Goldberg did the run three times after spending hours planning the 232 jumps in exquisite detail. In all, he spent nearly 12 hours jumping and scooping, breaking the record on each of the three runs, eventually shaving 35 minutes off the time and arriving at Beagle Point in just 3 hours, 43 minutes and 10 seconds. And he actually jumped all the way back again. Well, he did the first time, choosing instead the Remlock ride home for the second and third trips. Meanwhile, for the last month and a half, Commander Vivian Heliat has been patiently supercruising with the help of a number of tanker ships, from Semitus Beacon on the far side of the galaxy from Sol, out into the intergalactic void, attempting to beat all previous records for the commander to get the furthest away from Sol. She did this with the help of veteran point-and-fly-in-a-straight-line pilot, Commander Deluvian. You may think the 80-minute supercruise to Hutton Orbital is a long way, but Commander Heliat flew for around 50 days in a straight line stopping only to refuel from the tankers, which dropped out consecutively as they ran out of fuel. The new record for the furthest a commander has flown from Sol has now been established as 279 light-years beyond Semitus Beacon, which is 65,926.34 light-years from Sol. Which would be great if a Commander Rosillas hadn't been fooling around next to a geezer in the Eor AOC JF-X B31-35 system. A particularly violent blast of the geezer appears to have blasted him nine quintillion light years away. That's a nine with 18 zeros after it. The radius of the visible universe is only about 
48 billion light years. So Commander Rizilas's little accident has blown him 192 billion times further than the edge of the visible universe. In a very real sense, the unfortunate Commander is beyond not only the Milky Way galaxy, but also beyond all known galaxies. Beyond the wall of the universe, where the laws of physics no longer apply. A place of infinities and marvels. Perhaps a place where the long-awaited space simulator, Stellar Citizen, has been released. And where you can find not only the Panther Clipper, but also Raxler. So if anyone ever claims they've travelled further than anyone else from Sol, tell them about Commander Rosilla's. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. (laughs) 